0: welcome to another episode way more customers it's your host Bilal. today on this episode i have a really cool guest his name is walter and just to give you a bit information about walter and why i brought him on the show first of all he is the author to broke to a quarter million um he's consistently working uh, right now in the field um and uh i try to bring on guests people that are actually you know not only like have they done it but they're actually doing it right now and he is the perfect example uh, he's he, he's one of the experts in his field and he's going to be coming on and sharing his uh, uh, values and his uh, strategies about how he's taking his business and how he's helping others. And more importantly, I want to talk about also his challenge. He says he has a challenge to make 100 millionaires.
1: That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. That's a hell of an introduction. I appreciate you, brother. You make me sound like a king. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was great meeting, you know, and then, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was nice that I was able to, you know, stay connected with you. And, you know, it, it shows that like meeting someone, you know, for the first time, you're not, you're not sure how it might turn out. Right. So when I had initially met you, who knew that we were going to doing this podcast together, you know?
1: Yeah, it's true. we met at another event and uh, the people that we were hanging out with were good people. I think that's the the key is that you're hanging out with good people. They're building their businesses. You're building their businesses. You're looking to add value. Uh, You got to have the same people in the room, you know, and and it's cool. You reached out and uh, after checking out some of the stuff you've been doing, it's like this, like below you're on track, you're doing the right things. You know, you're helping people, you're adding people's business. Marketing is really, it's the blood, the lifeblood of a business without marketing the business doesn't have any clients, right? So what you're doing is is the first and most important part of a business. So uh, being on here on this podcast in particular is pretty cool. I, I definitely appreciate the invite.
0: Yeah, my pleasure, man. So I want to start off and like, um, you know, you're, you're a real estate agent, right?
1: I carry my license, yes. So I have done a lot of real estate transactions, yep.
0: Okay, perfect. So um, for people that are like, just want to have a clarification of exactly what you're doing. So are you selling homes or are you like, do you have people that are doing it for you?
1: Yeah. So I I do a little bit of uh, everything and I hate to say that because then a confused mind says no. Right. But ultimately I'm a real estate investor and I buy property and that's why I do all the training and the coaching is to teach people to bring me the right properties, teach people how to get rich themselves. Uh, There's something called wholesaling out there where people find a property cheap. They sell it to an investor like myself for more money than what they found it for. So I teach wholesaling and I teach real estate agents to do the same thing. So through all of this, I ended up building a team of real estate agents and a team of wholesalers just as kind of an accident of going out and teaching people. Um, And it's helped me buy more and more property. And I, I love owning property. I love doing the flips and my tenants are one of my favorite uh, people to talk to, right? Every, every first of the month, they send the checks in and I get a little high five or a little text message. Thank you. Um, so that's in a nutshell, what I do, invest in real estate, invest in people, and agency was a way for me to transact and teach other investors how to either sell or buy property.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. So uh, for people like that, that might think that this is difficult or hard to get into, uh, would you be able to like maybe clarify, um, you know, uh, like, you know, you've clarified that you have an agency, you have clarified, you have people. I want to help like break it down just to make it uh, simpler to digest. So uh, currently how many employees or how many people are you working with in your team?
1: So we currently touch over 120 people. We have 50 tenants actually live in our building. So that's 50 families. Then we have the property management company, which we partner with. We don't actually own it. We just partner with them. They have 15 employees that manage our uh, properties for us and then our team is 25 real estate agents so those 25 real estate agents they work directly with us i like to call everybody partners i don't like to say anybody works for me uh we're partners we work together uh we add value to each other uh, the wholesaling team is another about 25 people and uh all champions every single one of them then we have our, our investment partners it's it's a big network of people um but every day, every single person in the group is somehow adding value, somehow uh, increasing income. And it's, it's growing exponentially as we're looking for um, more students, right? Our students are another group of people. Those are the 100 millionaires. So right now we have 25 people in that program and we're running them through the process to, to build millionaires themselves. So it's okay.
0: growing. So for your partners um, and uh, for these students, actually, uh, yeah. how did they get started with you? Like, how did they, how did they know like this was like, you know, a good program to get involved with?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a phenomenal question, right? Every, every marketer, and I'm going to tell you the same thing. Gary Vee will tell you, right? Uh, Ty Lopez will tell you, is I give a ton of free content. I'm like always pumping this out, the blog, the podcast, the, every Saturday I do a training for free at 10 a.m. It's, uh it's broadcast all across the country. So it's like, Hey, if you know somebody come on in, in the past, it was local. I was keeping a local, but with COVID-19, it opened me up and was like, dude, like, do it online. I'm pulling people from all over the place and uh, it's really expanding. So free content The 52 weeks of wealth that I teach. It's every Saturday at 10 o'clock for an hour. I go and I teach one of the 52 principles that have built me to become a millionaire. And what I use to teach other people and you know, my partners, this is stuff we keep to, used to keep to ourselves, but we just mapped it out. And we're like, dude, if everybody knew these 52 principles and they spent one whole week pounding on this principle and working on it, the world could be rich. It was just a matter of, you know, getting it to them. Uh, so that's the free easiest way is uh, Saturday, go to my Facebook, click the link. Um, every Saturday, at 10 AM the zoom call or go to my Facebook live. I record it live as well. And that's how people jump in and they, they see what I'm about. They can go back, watch the old videos. And if they're interested, if they want to take it to the next step, I offer a mentorship program that I, I keep pretty cheap, but like enough money to make sure that people are serious. You get it. You can't go and charge people a hundred thousand dollars to teach them to make a million, but you can't charge them 10 bucks cause they won't show up. So it's, it's in that between us. We charge a thousand dollars for an eight week course. And in that eight weeks, there are other programs they could buy. If, if they're at that level, if not, then we, we're not forcing people to come millionaires. We're saying, Hey, when you're ready, the next level is this. And we, we keep moving people through the funnel.
0: Right. So amazing. So thank you for actually giving us that map, you know, and, um, and how you do it. Um, just to break it down, like our audience, you know, we're trying to reach like 10 K per month awesome. and just to give perspective, like a, to make a million dollars in a year, it's about 83,000 per month, you know?
1: <laughs> Very good.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yep. I mean, there's definitely a gap, um, but yeah, we, we definitely want to like, you know, like for us, if we made like 10,000 per month, you know, we'd be extremely happy. Obviously, right. if we were making 83000 a month, you know, we'd be extremely, extremely happy. <laughs> so, oh, well, it's 10x, right? <laughs> 10x. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, um, and, you know, a lot of people, like, they think that, you know, um, when they hear people who are successful, like, sometimes they think they can't do it because they don't have the skills or they don't have, like, you know, the same, um, you know, uh, passion or motivation or resources that, you know, someone who is successful that has um right. so maybe you want to like explain you know and i want to really like talk about um uh how you got started okay so yeah. i want to know like you know how you got your skills where you got them from so to really make this realistic is this even possible is it really something that anyone that's ordinary that has like you know um, just uh, a motivation to actually reach a target are they able to do it so yeah. um like you know you mentioned you wrote a book you mentioned that, you know, you've made over a million dollars and I can tell, you know, by having like over a hundred partners, uh, that you're able to do, you know, a lot more than a million dollars in a year. Um, Absolutely, yep. would you say you're very like comfortable or you're still looking to, you know, get bigger and grow?
1: I love that question. So there's a lot of questions, a good conversation. Uh, we're definitely going to have a fun conversation. So, Yes, um, always looking to grow. And it really, um, the money, and I, I want to be very clear, we don't do it for the money. None of us do it for the money. It's, um, the money is just a tracker. It's just to say we're playing the game the right way. Um, how do you know you've added value to somebody's life? Well, they paid you for it, right? If somebody's willing to give you money, like hard earned money that they've walked away from to give it to you, then you must have something more valuable than what they had at the moment. So that's um, one of the big keys. That's why money is so important for us is it's a tracker of how much value you're adding to the world. If you're adding a million dollars worth, you've done good. If you're adding $10,000 more to the world than was previously added, people, a $10,000 worth of value has been added. So you should, you've done a great job. So it's in, in a $10,000 goal. Let me let me tell you, uh, when I started... It was a five thousand dollars goal, and I was just happy to make five thousand dollars, and because I'd gotten down to a seventeen thousand dollars year, right? So when I wrote the book, broke to a quarter million, it was about that seventeen thousand dollars year where I made seventeen thousand, but my net worth was negative twenty five thousand because they'll let you go under zero, right? The credit cards you just keep you know putting things on, hoping the business turns around, hoping you figure it out. Um, I started out as a real estate agent. Well, I got into it as an agent, and. I wasn't very good and I was an accountant previously.
0: I I, I wanna ask like, what made you wanna go into real estate agent?
1: That's a great question. So I started uh, stock trading while I was an accountant, stock trading, and I realized um, I wasn't very good at it. right? (laughs) I'd go up, I'd make these big wins, and then I'd go down, I'd lose. And big wins to me back then was I'd make 300 bucks, right? I'd make $300, thought it was a great day, and then I'd lose $400 and be like, holy crap, like I'm not doing good here, like I've gotta change something. (laughs) And as I was reading, you know, researching, uh, read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad and realized real estate is probably the better way to go. A little stabler, a little slower, um, but a lot bigger. And dollar amount wasn't too crazy. So I started, you know, researching. I bought a house, uh, three family owner occupied. And that's all in the book. I really go into the details of it in the book, how I started. And uh, because the message is, you know, you don't have to make a million dollars. Just make more than you're making today. Just, you know, do a little better so that your life is a little better. Um, like I, I wrote the book a quarter million for a reason. I didn't say, Hey, ha- go broke to a million. It was, I don't want normal people who are at normal levels to realize that they can just do more. And the mission is not a money mission. I'll never stop. Cause I just, I love playing the game so much. Um, but I would say um, the biggest step, if you're aiming for 10,000, aim for a hundred thousand. Right? If you're aiming for for ten thousand a month, aim for a hundred thousand. The game is played differently, and it makes it so much easier. It's a ten x rule, right? Grant Cardone, like like ten x. You know? <laughs> He's right. He's right. And that's I aimed at forty units. I like in the beginning, I wanted four units. I just thought if I could get four apartment units, that would be awesome. Like that'd be something. And then when I got my first three family, I realized, okay, I've got a three family. That's that's close. But I always had in the back of my head, like, I'm not really an investor. I only own one house.
0: So just to clarify, you were a real estate agent, meaning you were helping people buy and sell houses. And then you thought this was a good idea. So you wanted to own your own property?
1: Yeah. So I realized um, the richest people I knew had multiple properties, right? So as I was working as an agent, my first year, I only made 17,000, but the second year I made a hundred thousand. And I made that hundred thousand, but I was working my butt off. Like I was working so many hours, you know, talking to so many different people. I wasn't sure what was working. What wasn't working. I just knew I was putting a ton of energy out there. And in that same year I went and I bought a property and it was cash flowing, right? It was cash flowing, but the property went up in value too. So I sold it two years later for a $106,000 profit. Right. So like I looked at it, and I was like, Oh my God, like, this thing that barely took any bit of my time was paying me $1,000 a month went up and it, or it became worth $100,000. So I realized holding property made more sense than all the working I was doing.
0: So how did you actually like think of buying your first property? Like, who, who, Did someone guide you through it? Did you read a book? Totally,
1: totally. yeah. So biggerpockets.com, like they're a big website now. They're, they're huge. Um, but if you go back and listen to the podcast, if you go back to like podcast 10, 20, like they got... I think three or 400 podcasts now, but if you go back to, there you go. Yep. Brandon Turner, the rental property investment. Yep. I got the same book sitting right back here. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I got started, you know, but I was listening to like the original, you know, Brandon Turner and and Josh Dorkin, and they were going through like their process. Just listening to these guys talk about investment. I realized it was possible for me too. You know, I'm sure you felt the same way, right? Like you listen to them and you're like, okay, normal guys doing normal things. Like if they can do it, I can do it.
0: Right. and what I like about these people, you know, like they, they help you build a map. Um, and, but I just feel like people are just afraid to take action just because they're afraid to lose money. Right. Um, yeah. did you have the same fear when you were becoming a real estate agent and when you, when you were purchasing your first property?
1: Yeah, totally. i terrified. Absolutely terrified. I mean, I still get scared, right? Like I just bought a, a $2 million complex for 800,000. I'm still terrified. I mean, I closed and like, now I'm like, okay, whatever, I own it, it's being managed. But up until it, it's still the biggest deal I'd ever done. And so you get scared, you get terrified. It's like, shit, like what if something goes wrong, you know, where we could lose everything. You know, our other properties could go because of this or, um, you know, we had to, we had to sign that we would be the recourse on the loan. Like if something goes wrong and we don't pay, like they come after our assets. (laughs) So like, there's always this other level of fear. Um, I, I the fear never goes away small property big property doesn't it doesn't change it's always this thing in the back of your head will it work
0: okay so how did you push yourself like you know you, you were making like uh, you know like reasonable reasonable money as an agent what pushed you to take another risk and actually buy a property and just to give an idea like was was a property that your first person was it was it like very expensive was it easy for you to afford like right. did you have a hard time paying for it like yeah
1: so the timeline—I messed the timeline up a little bit. So I was actually—I bought my first property before I became an agent. I bought my mm-hmm. first one while I was still working my nine-to-five um, as an accountant, and it was—I was making forty thousand a year. It was one hundred fifty-seven thousand. It was a three-family, and I only had to put down twelve thousand dollars. So I actually—I had a single-family. I bought my first house at twenty-two, but it—it it didn't really make me anything. It was just when I sold it, I basically got my money back. Is uh, what happened. So I rolled that money into that three family and I only put $12,000 down and that three family made me a thousand dollars every single month. Once I would got the tenants going, it took me about two months to get the tenants, uh, the units back up in uh, order.
0: Okay. And how did you actually figure that part out? How did you like, cause like buying a property is one thing, but actually like finding people to come into it. Yep. What did you have to learn and how did you learn how to get attract people to the property?
1: Perfect. Great question. So I wouldn't do this now, but back then <laughs> what I did was uh, I just put it on Craigslist and I ended up getting a whole bunch of people interested. And back then it worked well to get a lot of attention, but Craigslist, as you know, is a discount website. So I got a lot of discount uh, people, but it worked out, you know, the tenants stayed for a year, two years. Um, now we use higher end websites like apartments.com Zillow, um, rent.com and we end up with much higher quality tenants. We do the background checks. Um, but up front, I read a book called landlording on autopilot and that was, you know, Brandon Turner from bigger pockets. He's like, Hey, read this book. And so I went through the whole book and I I realized, okay, this is how you advertise, uh, use Craigslist and uh, pretty easily fill people in.
0: Okay. So you were consuming a lot of knowledge, you know, by reading books and podcasts so would you say that your risk or your fear of actually investing what became less when you start Absolutely. purchasing?
1: Yeah. At this point I'm, I'm 250 books and I'll be 300 books by the end of the year. I read 52 books a, uh, a year, one book a week. And I've been doing that for the last five years. Every book I read gives you more confidence and the reason you keep reading is cause you don't know cause you've been through so many books. And you've had so much success from the books that you're like, if I just get to the next page, the, the, the million dollar secrets on the next page, like I just got to keep reading. Like, and you know, like, okay, maybe it wasn't this book, next book. Like, what's the one with that secret, with that tip? And that's why, you know, a pile drive through books, sometimes two or three books in a week, just just looking for the answers. You know, where are they?
0: Okay. I want to ask, like, um, your nine to five job, what made you want to leave it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> was oh, the same reason everybody wants to leave it, right? Like, it's it's just, you don't control your life. Um, and I was driving an hour to work. I put in my eight hours, and they forced me to take a lunch, so it was really like nine hours away from my house. And I put another hour back in, so I was out of the house 11 hours a, a week, a day, for five days a week. And then all I had was the weekend to do the things I wanted to do. And all I wanted to do was fix my house. I, I had bought a property, I wanted to work in the yard, I wanted to rip bedrooms apart, you know, rip the walls off and redo them, raise ceilings, run electrical, like just my fun things, whatever your fun thing is, you wanna spend more time on it. And when I realized that my house was a liability and it wasn't paying me, I got frustrated. I got mad, like (laughs) I got so upset. Um, And that's why I started investing. But once I started investing, I realized like I'm making my first year, second year of owning both properties, my first two properties, I made 35,000 from the two properties. And I was making 45,000 of my job. So I looked at it and I was just like, well, like I could, I could see just doing this, you know, just fixing my properties for a living. And I I don't think that's a good advice for anybody, but that was what was going through my head was, you know, I'm just going to trade one job for another job that I actually like, you know, I'll just buy more property doing what I enjoy.
0: Okay. Makes sense. So, um, you know, Um, what was so like important for your freedom? Like you said, you wanted to like take that risk because it's still a risk, right? Because you're on your own, it's not stable, it's not like secure. Um, yeah. Like, did you, did you feel the same way? Did you feel like what your job was more secure or what you're doing on your own was more secure?
1: So, yeah, I, I would say that I knew my job was secure but I was willing to risk it. I was willing to, to put it all on the line. Um, there's two elements there. So I was married at the time and me and my wife were in a rocky situation. So I wanted to improve that. And so I wanted to spend more time with her building a business that we built together, a wedding invitation business. So she was a graphic design artist. I was a salesperson. I'd go and I'd push the sale. I'd go and do the marketing, bring it in. And we were building that. And I felt that if I had more time to work on that business with her, then we'd have a stronger relationship right? So that was one of my big motivating factors was I see so much potential in my wife and what we can do here. I want to dedicate to her and I want to dedicate to the business. And I knew that investment wise, I already saved up 25,000 on the sidelines because I was taking all my rents, just stacking it away, stacking it away. All my checks that were coming in from my company, I'd stack them aside because I knew I was I was preparing to take this time off. And uh, so I had 25 in the bank, I had um, two rental properties. They were pulling me 2000 a month. I was living rent-free. And uh, I knew that my wife's business was growing. And so I, I took the risk knowing that everything was going to be OK if I just stayed. If I just stayed the course, kept grinding it out. Uh, and then uh, a month later, she asked me for a divorce. So, <laughs> <laughs> so bam! <laughs> How's that for planning? <laughs> Wow. Yeah,
0: so uh, That's how it works, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it just shows like, you know, you can plan certain stuff, but there's just some stuff that are going to come up that you have to be adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. So, business is like that. Right. And so I can see, you know, like you made yourself, like, obviously you're saying it's a risk, but you've made the path for your success so much more like achievable by, you know, getting that knowledge and, you know, just having that money to back you up in case something happens. Yeah. Did, did you feel like if, for example, something bad did happen, you can find another accounting job? At
1: any point, they were still sending me. So what I had done for years was jump from job to job, right? So I was always working as a 1099 for other companies. I was a contractor. I'd go in, I'd do accounting for this one. I worked for companies like Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, uh, Computer Associates. I worked for these big companies and I'd bounce around. So I'd always had these recruiters. I'd come up, even back then, right? I, I'd found a way to get marketing for myself, right? I'd hire recruiters who would go on hunt for jobs for me, marketing professionals. And uh, so as I left, the emails never stopped, right? Even though I, I pulled out of the marketplace, the emails, it was $25 an hour jobs, $30 an hour jobs, $45 an hour jobs. And I remember, you know, having the conversation with my brother one night, I was like, Josh, like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this, man. Like, like I'm, I, maybe I should just go back to the nine to five, you know, I've got this offer for $30, uh, $30 an hour. You know, it's like sixty-five thousand a year benefits like maybe i should just take this and i remember he looked me in the eyes and he said no man like how long do you think it t- how long has it ever taken you to figure out a business mm-hmm. and i was like well eight months to a year like with eight months to a year i was moving up right and he's like you've got this you you just stay the course grind it out you know trust me he said don't ever look at those emails again when somebody offers you a job you just say no say thank you and, and stay grinding right And I I get chills thinking about that conversation because that was the best advice I got, you know, within a year, I was making a hundred thousand more than I ever, ever made before. So he was right.
0: (laughs) That's a great mentor.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, My brother, man, (laughs) he actually (laughs) just wrote a book. Uh, Where's this book? Right there. So my brother just wrote a book on educating children, uh, empowering children for success for a guide to coaches, uh, mentors, teachers and parents so very proud of him he's, he's phenomenal he's I'd say he's the reason I'm still here doing what I'm doing so yeah
0: awesome yeah so I'll definitely be happy to include both your links your, your brother and uh, your book as well on the bottom and yeah because uh, people do need to uh, you know get benefit so um, I was reading one of your posts you were saying that you know in, in one of the Instagram stories you were mentioning that you know people who are selling three to four houses per month, isn't like that's low. You should be selling like ten uh, ten houses per month.
1: Yeah. Yeah, can yeah. you go so, over that? So I was talking about under agreement. So so a house under agreement means it takes three months for it to close, right? So if you have three or four under agreement, it's gonna take you three months to make that money. So even if you're making, you know, three thousand, five thousand dollars per transaction, it could take you you could be making three, 000, five thousand dollars a month, which for this audience, that is good, right? And in the beginning for any agent, that is good. It's a start. But when I was operating, when I was getting to the point where I was cranking it out, realizing how the business runs a year into it, I was carrying 10 under agreement as like bare minimum. Like 10 under agreement like was like, oh my God, I got to go work, right? And that was my floor. And 17 under agreement was kind of my ceiling for a period until I figured out how to, how to break the ceiling. So what that means is you're closing, what well, I was closing is three to four a month. We're talking fifteen, twenty $25,000 months, right? Whereas the average agent's, sometimes not making anything. They're not closing anything in a month and then they close one and then they go two months without closing anything. Right. Or they have one a month but they're making three, $5,000 a month, which is fine if that's all you want. Right. But in a business where you can make as much as you want, like, why would you stop? Right. It's, it's just, how do you become a little better? How do you help more people? How do you keep going? And um, yeah, I, I think that if you're not aiming for the $10,000 a month, like, come on, right? Aim for 10, aim for $10,000 a month. And then once you hit it, aim for 15, you know, just, just keep pushing. It's not about the money. It's about like, can you do it? Can you as a human being deliver that value to the marketplace? You know, can you do it Right, find the way to do it?
0: Right. So someone, you know, actually working at a job, you know, they're making like 3000, you know, uh, at, at a good job or 4,000. That's a really good job, you know, for them to like, they're not convinced that they can do it on their own to make that $10,000. Right. So, right. Uh, as a business owner, you know, and you've done a bit of everything, what would you say to someone, you know, to help them and try to make that realistic? Cause for you, you know, making, you know, uh, over 10,000 is like, it's nothing. It's like maybe right. the lowest, lowest month that you do in the pr- entire year, you know? Right. Like, how can you convince someone like based on where you are and b- where you are right now to actually like, you know, try to take that leap.
1: Yeah. Um, the first step, the first step is just look at what you're making right now and see how can you double it, right? You look at that and say, what can I do to double this, this income? And it's been the step that's always worked for me is I look at it, double it, then double it, then double it, then double it. I, I used to give myself um, a year to do that. Or, you know, some people may be in a situation where they can, they can triple it in a year or, or quadruple it in a year. So the first couple of years are easier. Um, I don't want to put that bad program out there. Maybe it is all easy. And I'm just have I'm the one who's having a hard time with it. Right. <laughs> but I'll tell you, um, Going from a quarter million to the half million was, was not as hard as going from the million to the to half million to the million. That one, that one was a, a much more difficult struggle because there's so many tax plays that, that are incorporated in it too. Um, but to, to go back and say, how do you motivate yourself? I would say, look at, look at an investment, look at retirement, right? Set a goal of retiring five years and ask yourself, are you on a path to do that? But when you realize you're not, it means you need assets. That's really what it's all about, right? Building an asset that'll bring you in that, even if you're only bringing in four or 5,000 a month, you know, 10,000, I think is a, I think it's a worthy goal. I think it's the right goal to have. But even if you were bringing four or $5,000 a month, but you didn't have to work for it, it was an asset managing that money, an asset bringing that money in. That's a better lifestyle than what you're doing right now, going to work for 30, 40 hours, because your only asset is you. You wanna build something beyond you, like a rental property is an asset that provides housing, a business, like a marketing program, like a marketing company, like we spend so much on Facebook ads, just handing Facebook this money because they're doing a great job for us. Right. And, um, I look at some of the other ads things that we click funnels, right? This is something that we pay for. And I can see you got expert secrets back there. So you're a fan of Russell Brunson too. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: (laughs) That's an asset that I'm paying for. Right. But then my, my lead funnels, the pages that people click on to buy the mentorship that make that more than pays for that asset right? So he's created assets for himself. I'm creating assets for, for my people, for myself. And then my students are creating assets for themselves. And it's, it's, we could have a world and hear me out on this one, right? We could have a world where nobody has to work. If everybody contributed to enough assets early on in life, if you built a couple assets early on in life that are contributed to society, untouchable, unstoppable, the only thing you have to do is maintain that asset over time. Just maintain your asset, keep it going. And if you're smart and you want to protect, grow the asset, help more people, make it more effective in, in larger uh, areas. And you could like PayPal, right? Look at uh, Elon Musk, right? He gave us the ability to transact over the internet and he deserves to be rich from that. You know, absolutely. What the, the ability to PayPal, Venmo is PayPal, right? <laughs> the ability to do these transactions, I, I, he's right. He deserves to be a, a billionaire from this. Tesla, right? Changing, changing the ability for us to use electrical cars and make it common for everybody as opposed to gas, you know, giving us the great uh, effects of not having greenhouse gas, right? He deserves to to be a billionaire. Like, of course, you know, (laughs) he's helped more people by building machines that add value. You know, those are extreme examples, but you can do it in something as small as, um, you know, marketing a company, you know, going out and, in selling more cars, just selling a better quality product. You're reaching out to people who are selling, you know, they want to buy real estate or you know, maybe you're an investment uh, advisor. You just teach people how to put their money in the right places. It, it doesn't matter, it, right? You do marketing. So if you can help more businesses, make more money, you can build assets for them online assets that are generating leads to their business. Just like Ty Lopez is talking about, like then you're improving their lives, right? Like that's a machine you deserve to be paid for creating that machine that little asset, that little program you put them in, boom, increasing income, it works.
0: Right. So, you know, thank you so much, you know, for giving us, you know, that, you know, really big picture and actually making it very simple of how people get rewarded based on the people that they help. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about also um, like, I want to talk about like, were you shy before you started uh, your business?
1: 100%. Yeah. So (laughs) it's so funny you ask. Um, I, I'm what we call an introvert. So naturally uh, I was an introvert. Um, Now I speak on stages and I do trainings and I, I love these podcasts, but uh, that was built. It had to be built. Um, Sales is a trainable experience and you look at the book above you, right? Seller be sold. Um, That is 100% one of the best books in sales because it teaches you. uh, The other one would be Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people because you're learning sales. Right? It's, it's learning the technical side of sales, like how these words work, how to be a decent human being. Like people who are introverts are just missing out on being extroverted. They're just missing out on contributing to society. The introverted side of you is good at building things, but the extroverted side of you is where you get value from, right? By going out and reaching out to people and giving a little something, that's where the money is. And so, um, by being an introvert, I was pretty broke by <laughs> by not allowing myself to go and reach out to people I wasn't making as much as I could so I had to change that. Yeah, I was I was an accountant man. I sat behind a desk all day, I was happy. Just sitting on a desk, not talking to anybody. That was my life.
0: <laughs> okay, so um uh how did you find your first property?
1: So if it was, this was back in the day, this was easy. I didn't need marketing back then. I just on an MLS, it was just 2008, right? 2008, everything was a deal. You could be an idiot with a couple of bucks and you'd buy a deal and be a rich person like 10 years later, it was, it was a no brainer,
0: right? <laughs> so is that what you were thinking? You were gonna buy a property and then you're gonna sell it in 10 years?
1: So the plan was sell it in five. So the plan was five years, I'd sell the property and I'd go and I'd buy a bigger property, right? This was back when I I was married and my wife wanted a big house. So I was like, well, if we buy this, fix it up nice, it's like a move and flip. When we sell it, we can buy another nicer house, like beat up and I'd fix it up. And so we'd build equity over building these bigger houses. And that was the plan. Uh, I'd rather do what I do now, which is just buy assets at flow day one, you know, multifamilies, fix those up and hold those for long periods of time and then sell them eventually when I'm buying bigger multifamilies.
0: Okay. So you, you, you found a house on uh, MLS and then um, for, for people that don't know, it, just like in, in the United States, it's a, where you search for houses. Um, yep. So you found it. How did you know this was going to be a good deal in five years or even like, were you just like buying it because like maybe, how did you know it was a good deal?
1: So I, this was me not knowing as much as I know now. Um, it was just in bad shape, right? (laughs) So it was in bad shape and it was in short sale. So the bank was going to take it over and, uh, it had been bought. I knew it had been bought four years earlier, two years earlier for 260,000. So I knew somebody paid 260 for it and it was on the market for 200 or 220 and I offered 170 and, um, that's how I knew it was a good deal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so that makes sense. So, um, like for people that don't have access to this information, right? Because maybe is there a program that you use to actually get that info or like were you working with a real estate agent who gave you that info?
1: So um, all the informa- it, all information is public record. You can find it on Zillow, you can find it realtor.com. It's all public record, those basic stats. Um, I would then say take those stats and put them into BiggerPockets. I, I like the BiggerPockets calculators, and they do a great job. Even in our company, I used to have my own calculator I built out as uh, Excel, but the BiggerPockets one's are just cleaner. It's easier to have our wholesalers go through them. Agents can go through them. Um, so that's the easiest way to take the information you're on in, uh, that's publicly available, You know how much the tax assessment is, what the Zillow value is, what it was sold for in the past, and you can plug that right in. And if you have the rents, you can find out, does this build in cash flow.
0: Okay. So basically calculate it before making that investment. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I want to like move on now and say like, so for example, someone who wants to make $10,000, right. And they are at their job. Um, how would, which path would you guide them to take? And, um, how would you make it realistic for them?
1: I love that. I, I absolutely love that question. So if you're currently working a job, you have and you want to make income in the 10,000 range i really see there being two options <clears throat> unless unless you have money already if you have money or relationships already then a flip would be a good move you could do a flip and flips make us between 25 to $75,000 so you average around 40 to 50,000 right for a flip if you have somebody who has the skill set or you have the skill set or you have a little bit of money and you can go and get the money to do it which is easy uh, and I have a course called get the money, which I, it goes through all the process and how to do it. Um, I would say flips are the easiest, right? If I needed to go make a hundred thousand a year, I go and I do two flips and I would be done. In fact, that's what I just did. Um, in, I want to say it was January, Jan, now February, we made 200, 280,000, right? There was three flips, three properties. We burned them and turned them. And you know, me and my partner sat on three hundred thousand. We we divided it up, and um, so we're good for the year. We don't have to make any money the rest of the year, right? <laughs> <laughs> so flips are the easiest way, but it takes skill set. It takes some time. It takes the ability, right? So if you didn't have that, uh, say you we were learning and you want to start from nothing, uh, wholesaling or getting a real estate agent license are probably the easiest avenues. And I would do both together. Start wholesaling, which is marketing, right? It's it's heavy, heavy marketing. Marketing for off off market deals. Uh, sending out the mailers, doing the online drip campaigns, doing ringless voicemail drops, text message broadcasting, email broadcasting, uh, cold calling using a dial or a power dial like Mojo, and just calling people and saying, hey, do you want to sell your house? Hey, do you want to sell your house? Hey, do you want to sell your house? And, and when you find somebody who does, they want to sell at 120, you sell it to an investor at 140, right? And you, you can do, it scalable. You can do as many of those in a month as you want the question is how, how many calls can you make? How many mailers can you send? And uh, a mailer costs you 50 cents. So you figure if you want to get, you know, a hundred calls, you gotta send a thousand mailers and spend 500 bucks. So it's this return on investment, whereas all the other avenues are free. So in the beginning you're working pretty hard until you can get to the point where you can pay for mailers and then it gets easier and then it gets easier. If you had your license, a lot of the times we go to those appointments where the, where we say, Hey, 120 for your house. And they say, nah, I want 350. Well, a wholesaler will walk away and not make any money. Whereas uh, real estate, somebody who's licensed can actually make money on the sale of that property for the 350. So that would be a $10,000 check. So you can, you can kind of do this pseudo. If you get really good at marketing, if you get really, really good at finding sellers, off market, low price sellers, then you can make a massive income and it doesn't take much uh, time once you've built the asset. Once you figure out how to make the phone calls, how to build the lists, once you've got those two assets in line, it doesn't take much further to say, okay, send a mailer out. That asset, once that's built, now it's just a matter of, okay, how many times am I gonna mail to this person? Six times is the ideal. So you know, you, you start scheduling your budget, you start doing your mail campaigns, text, ringless voicemails, then you scale out and you start doing more and more paper ads right now. Uh, Google click, Google AdWords, phenomenal return on investment right now, Facebook ads because everybody's pulled out of the market, they've become cheap again. So now's a great time to be doing digital marketing. And that that's what I would do. I would, If I had to start over, aside from like bartending or going and picking up a hammer and actually doing construction work, if I, I already had a stable job, you know, making three, 000, four thousand a month, and I just wanted to get to the next level, Garrett, I get my license, I start wholesaling. The first step I'd take.
0: Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, thank you for sharing that. That's really awesome. Um, I want to break it down even more a bit. Like, for example, let's just say, you know, you don't have any marketing skills, you don't have any sales skills, uh, but you just want to have an extra, you know, uh, five, 10,000 per month. Yep. Um, like in um, like, would you suggest them to start doing wholesaling and can you explain what wholesaling is and how to get involved in that? And also the other one as well.
1: Yeah. So wholesaling. So if you had no, no sales skills whatsoever, you could still wholesale by using an agent to go do your appointments for you, right? Have an agent go out and do the calls for you, have an agent go out and do the, the appointments for you. The marketing piece would be done by yourself. You just send out the mailer, you build a list, send out the mailers and you can build a list right online. You go a, a program like listsource.com or data zap with two P's. <clears throat> One P doesn't bring you to a good site. So data zap.com uh, with two P's it, or listsource.com and you can find out the people who've lived in the house for more than 10 years, people who are 55 years or older, people with high equity, you can build those lists and they start mailing those lists or you start texting or calling those lists. Um, that, that Avenue works, right? If real estate wasn't your thing, if you didn't want to jump into real estate, you really could just learn how to market on social media. You really could just start a podcast and, uh, start a blog. And this it, is free stuff and, and pick a topic, one niche, and start bringing influencers in and find out what they're selling. Let's get affiliates uh, affiliate likes with them. Right. Like, that's another avenue of income that I love is my affiliate links. I, I sell another coach's program and he pays me half. It's like, you know what? High five. Good. You're, you're taking my students to the next level. And I got a little check for it. Win, win. Right.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, so I can see, you know, like, uh, like the name of our podcast, it's way more customers. And I can see like, the way you're explaining it, the way to get way more customers, it's by doing marketing, by, you know, sending out these mailers, by using, yeah. going on social media, by doing digital marketing, just yeah. doing a lot of outreach, right?
1: Yeah. There's, there's no way to get rich without talking to people, man. Like, like marketing, like get more customers. I love the model because that's how you, that's how you increase income. It's not providing a better product. It's not... Um, spending more money on on anything other than you know it, like don't spend more money on the back end right don't don't worry about your customer service like go get more customers that's the solution it's not pull more money out of the customer it's it's go get more customers right now if you have a customer who wants something else that you can affiliate with or that you could provide that service yes I, I'd rather affiliate out than go and build another product I'd much rather just go back and, and I don't My mentor program is very cheap. I charge $1,000. I'm not making, charging a lot for a person. It's a lot of people that make it valuable to me, right? If I put 20 people through the funnel in a month, that's $20,000 a month. And all I've done is have fun doing the one. I'm not adding anymore. I'm not tacking on any more coaching. It's If you want something else, it's on to somebody else, right? So with your company, you as the listener, with your company, whatever it is right now that you sell, just sell more of it. Don't go add another one. Don't go try to you know, improve more what you're doing. Just go add more and volume will be your savior, right? Going out and, and selling more of the same thing. And then in the back end, finding out who their other side partners, who they also buy from, that helps. You know, that's, that's how you add on without adding work, right? Just find a partner who who would pay you a little bit for that referral or that, that little affiliate uh, fee.
0: Well, thank you for that map. Um, I want to talk about um, uh, like you were doing uh, on your Instagram stories, you were doing this uh, segment where you were saying you were getting your team to get onto video and they were like, they were, they feared getting onto video. So
1: it's not just my team either. It's the whole world,
0: man. (laughs) Yeah, And okay. So um, like personally me too, I don't like uh, going onto video. Like, like I wouldn't want to be on YouTube but right. uh, i'm saying that people who um like do you think like I, I was speaking to another person and he told me like you know if you don't feel comfortable going on to you know on video your your face like you can but the business needs to have a face you right yes. like and he gave me an example of saying geico geico like it's not a person but it's a lizard that's you know that's the face of the business so um and i, I really like the way you were uh inviting your team members onto video and you were saying that Uh, And you showed an example. You said five minutes, five videos. And you said that um, you you asked Google, you know, these five questions that you're going to be answering. So I want to ask how you found these five questions and how did you come up with the strategy to get people on video?
1: (laughs) That is a great video you found. Wow. (laughs) I love that one. So that is one of the secret weapons, right? yes and and i love that you mentioned the the gecko uh from geico because me and my business partner had this conversation about two years ago and when, when figuring out the brand it was because uh, i told him I was like hey i'm gonna start bringing you in you know i think the two of us should be out there we can double double ground like cover more ground together and he told me he's like no that would weaken the brand they need a face they they need a face they need one person and that one person needs to be relatable and he told me he's like that's where your most valuable is and he talked about the gecko right <laughs> he's like, like we could create a character a cartoon <laughs> But unfortunately, it would be very expensive to go and create that cartoon to constantly put out content, whereas you're pretty good at putting out content and I'm pretty sure we could step you up a little bit where you're putting something out every single day if that was the mission, right? If we knew that would be valuable. And he was right. And so... If you are looking to build your business and you're afraid of the camera, just think about this. Just when you look at the camera, just think of it as one of your best friends, right? Think of it as somebody who you want to help out and you're adding value and you're answering all the silly questions that they probably would ask if they never knew anything about your business. And then as far as where I come up with my content, dude, Google it, right? It's so, it's so content creation is so simple. If if I were to break down, it's this, um, you're a real estate agent, right? Uh, what are the top questions home buyers ask? I pull out the list of the top five questions and then I read them. And then I go and do a video on question number one. I do a video on question number two and I keep them under a minute. I just read the first one real quick and I say, okay, this is the, the number one question that buyers have about houses and home inspections. And this is what we talk about in home inspections. You do this, 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 this. Hey, when you have a choice, always work the best. Video is over. And then I'm cut onto the next one. Next question. This is what. Uh, home buyers are asking, should I, uh, should I get a pre-approval before I go in to buy the house? And then boom, you're doing a video on that. And it could be anything, you know, what are the the first questions somebody asks when they're hiring a marketing company and you pull that list up and then you go in, what should I ask my marketer? What should I have prepared for my marketer? And then you just, it's a series of videos right there in a list, any, anything with a list, you can go and do a a series on.
0: Okay. So you're saying like uh, to put it in Google, your question and then the top five links use that as questions.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so um, and then where would you take these like pieces of content? Where where would you put them?
1: Dude, everywhere. I would love to show you. I have it in uh, MindMeister. So I, I don't know if you use any mind mapping equipment, but there's a program called MindMeister and or mind maps. There's a lot of different free ones, but basically um, the funnel starts with a good quality piece of content. In fact, I have I have back here. All right. So I kind of worked this out. <clears throat> So I start with an interview. What you and I are doing right now is an interview. So I start with an interview. I follow into Facebook, right? I take that. I drop it into Facebook. I also drop it into YouTube. Now that's a 30-minute interview. In that time, I'm going to send off to Fiverr. Fiverr is going to go and transcribe the audio that we we took, and that's going to become my blog post. And then the video also goes into the video log. It's a video, and then the post itself. And then the podcast is from the recording, of what we did. That's the beginning funnel. That's the main content. Then we drip it down into one minute videos, which you are going into Instagram. You're going into the business page. You're going into the Facebook page. You're going into TikTok, hitting Snapchat, hitting Instagram stories, hitting Facebook stories, Twitter, and then uh, LinkedIn are all getting this, this minute video clip that goes out. It's a little more clean. It's got a little more edited and, that's a, that's a phenomenal way to take a nice interview like we just did and drop it across 40 different feeds. All right. It drops into 40 different it's forty different pieces of content. And I stole it from Gary V. He's got this wonderful <laughs> blog. <laughs> Gary Vee's got this one where it's like how to create 86 pieces of content from, you know, one piece and phenomenal. Right.
0: Wow. That's, that's crazy. I've never, you know, like, I mean, I've heard people talk about it, but, um, getting your piece of content in all these different uh, platforms, like would you say it's, it's more effective by you just sticking to one platform and just like focusing on that?
1: So there's one platform I spend a lot of time on it's Facebook and I pound hard on that one because of the ability for me to spread faster, right? It, of all the platforms um, it's not so much content creation on Facebook that matters. It's community engagement and they all, they all matter for community engagement, but Facebook has a unique ability to tag people and forces it onto their main feed, whereas Instagram, you tag people, they get notified, and all the other ones, only they get notified. On Facebook, it drops you onto their main page, and so Facebook's allowed me to expand much quicker with something I call social dynamics. When you identify somebody who's an influencer, you can move into their market very quickly and utilize them to expand. So it's, uh, it's a a very clever platform, uh, designed very well (laughs) for expansion in business. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we're going to be doing this.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what we do, man. Influencer marketing works best in Facebook. Although Instagram, I would say is a second close, a close second. Um, Facebook's definitely the, the better and it's got the most people and, um, I would say if you're going to put any energy into something, that's the platform to put all the energy. If I was going to pick one, but I've gotten deals off of Snapchat. I've gotten deals off of uh, Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn has brought me some nice people, some good uh, professional contacts, but Facebook's where all the money comes from. If I were to be honest, if I had to cut them all out, that'd be the one I'd keep.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, wa- I want to go over uh, you know, a piece with you. Um, value. A lot of people don't know how to create value. People don't know. What it means, what is value? Uh, I want to ask you your your input about value. What is it, and how can you make something valuable? Absolutely,
1: I love that. That's in fact, I chased it for the longest time. Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, value is three things: entertainment, empowerment, and education. Right. So. If It's entertaining. If people can find you to be entertaining. No, notice the way I dress, right? We're, we're here in COVID-19. I don't have to go anywhere, right? I'm still dressed in a vest, a pocket square, a button-up shirt. I'm still shave my head, right? <laughs> you know, clean up nice. Because you want people to be excited about seeing. It's, it's different, right? And then with the way I talk, it's animate. So it's this little entertainment that I'm putting out there. My voice, my energy, it's charismatic to, greet, to draw people in. The other piece is empowering. I'll always use the word you, right? Because I believe that you can do something. You can be powerful. You can make take your business from this and move you forward. It's empowering somebody, using that empowering language. You, because, just think about, let's pretend and bring people in, and empowers them. The educational factor is where you go and you actually, this is where people think they're adding value. They just pump out these videos that are educational, but they miss the first two elements. Entertainment doesn't have to be much, but if it's enough to draw you in, you'll stay for the empowerment. With the empowerment, once somebody realizes they're talking to you, it's like, oh, my God, like, I'll listen. You know, (laughs) I'm just sitting here. I'm going to listen. And it's the education that they remember. So everybody thinks that adding value is the education, and it is. It truly is. When you build the education, that'll keep them in there. It's it's what they're going to remember afterwards. They're not going to remember how entertaining you were. They're not going to remember how empowering you were. They're not going to talk about it. They're going to talk about what they learned from you. So it's very important that you have that educational piece, but that's not the whole video. And at the end, you always empower them with, hey, when you have a choice, I always work with the best, or you're you're an awesome person, you're gonna do great, keep doing what you're doing. I'm glad you watched. See you in the next one, right? Like give some sort of empowering command. So it's like the empowerment sandwich with education in the middle and entertainment at the beginning, just to draw them in.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's say you have a service and you wanna you wanna offer someone a service and you have like, I don't know, like 10 other people. Doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Um. And you're starting out, right? Like, um, your goal obviously is at ten thousand per month. Like, how do you stand out? How do you differentiate? And how do you create value for people to come to you? You're not always just like, you know, uh, yeah, just differentiate yourself.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I'm I'm gonna use uh, hair salons, right? So, I'm a business partner who works in California and she owns hair salons, and now we're building another twelve with her. And you know, we talk about how to make. $10,000 10000 a month for her stylists. You know, how do we make a stylist who's used to making $2,000 a month make $10,000 a month? And it, it becomes about looking at your products. When you look at your products, you say, okay, especially when they're time consuming, they service products, how much time does it make me to take me to make this dollar amount? And you can do a $20 haircut and it takes you 30 minutes. Okay, we know we're working $40 an hour. <clears throat> That's not acceptable. $40 an hour does not make you $10,000 a month. So you've got to adjust your mindset. you got to start shifting. When you look at colors, you can do color for somebody's hair. Now you're making $100 and it takes you two hours. You've gotten up a little bit, $50 an hour. What's interesting with color in this industry, because it takes, it takes knowing your industry, right? You can actually do two colors at once. It's called double booking. And the time frame stays the same. <clears throat> so now imagine it, you could be a normal... Stylist who does one or you do two at the same time. Now you making $200 in two hours. You've upped it to $100 an hour. You don't have to work too many hours to get to $10,000. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you break it down to the smallest factor and see how do I make more in the amount of time that I'm spending with my clients. And then you extrapolate and say, okay, I just got to be more efficient, do more of that. When I look at my business as a coach, right, as, a, as somebody who's selling coaching, if I can sell one person, a thousand dollar program in one hour, that's me working a thousand dollars an hour, right? If I can sell five in an hour, I've made $5,000 an hour. I want more of those hours.
0: Right. Makes sense. <laughs> so, um, for someone who is actually like, you know, uh, we're talking about people that are actually making sales like 1000 per hour, uh, and then 5,000 per hour um how about people who are not making sales when 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 you see someone who's struggling and not making sales and not getting revenue um and they're just starting out where do you think like as you when you're just looking at them where do you think their focus needs to be that sale
1: the the absolute opposite place of where it is so entrepreneurs who aren't making that money yet it's because they're looking at themselves and they're looking at their business If you're looking at yourself, looking at your business, you're only going to ever make what you think you can make. You've got to go and look at your competition. I'm using air quotes right now. You got to go look at the people who are doing it better than you. Right. When I started, I looked at the people who are making the most. I didn't go and look at coaches who were just getting by. Right. I I didn't go look at the coaches. I was better than I went and instead of ignoring other coaches and just, you know, Oh, well, I'm just going to learn my own books. I'm just going to teach my own program. However I want to do it. I went and I, looked at coaches who are making more than me i went and i paid coaches who are making more than me i was like why did they inspire me to pay and i paid attention right look at people who are in your industry doing what you're doing agents if you're an agent or a hairstylist right i asked this is how i, when I first brought this partner on i asked her, was like other hairstylists making ten thousand dollars a year uh ten ten thousand a month right a hundred thousand twenty thousand a year i asked her and she said yeah i was like oh who are they and so oh, i don't know i was like well how do, you, how do you expect to teach people how to do it if you don't know a single person doing it? And she's like, all right, you're right. So then she went and she found somebody. And I asked her, I was like, what are they doing? All they do is color. All they do is high-end stuff. They don't do any of this other stuff. And I was like, oh, cool, all right, find somebody else. But for now, we know that that's a model. That's a model that works. <laughs> do high-end product for less people and you'll make more money. And as we've adjusted, there are two models that work. You either pay somebody hourly and you have a bunch of people cutting a bunch of hair or you just go high end and you do far less clients, but far better, far bigger product. And it's, it's about knowing your industry and going and finding out what the competition, the competition, what the other people who are very good at what you're doing are doing, ask them for advice. They're willing to help. You know, they don't care. They know their clients are their clients and ask them what they're doing. And if, if you find somebody in your market, in your industry, who doesn't want to share, go outside of your market, right? Just go outside of your market. My coaches are from Connecticut, from California, from Florida, the people I pay to teach me. If I couldn't find somebody locally who was doing what I wanted to do, I would just go fly to them or I'd get them on a zoom call and find out what they're doing. My, my coach that I'm working with right now to learn how to build my coaching program. He charged me $35,000. So I'm like, I want to learn how you got me to pay this. <laughs> 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 what, what is all this? You know, how did you convince me to pay? <laughs> right so and and go and work with them right so so with her i told her go to a hairstylist who's charging double what you're charging and pay her have her do your hair see what the difference is it's it's an investment in your business to go learn from somebody else (laughs) Uh,
0: so you know i like the way like whenever i ask a question you know you always like like there is a roadblock but you always find a way around it and you know, it's amazing how, you know, how you're able to actually come up with these, you know, examples, stories, you know, and just, you know, help, you know, people from these stories.
1: Yeah, man, I love it. It's it's part of the challenge of life, right? So becoming a millionaire is not about the money. It's about who you become. You become somebody who can solve challenges. It's just, it's part of you. It becomes a challenge and an acceptance. It's like, ah, all right, you're right. Roadblock, boom, pull it out. What's next? Yeah, but that's it's, exciting.
0: Right. And, and you said you were excited, you know, when you want to, you know, hit your income goals because you enjoyed actually like flipping houses, renovating and stuff. So it's something you enjoyed. How about someone who's at a job, okay, or not being paid enough and he, they hate their job, but because they haven't really tested out the industry, they don't know what they like. And they don't know, um, they always try something and they always fail, right? So it's always negative feedback. It's really right. hard to push yourself through negative feedback because it's consistently telling you you're doing it wrong. No one likes right. that. So Nobody likes that. Yep. No one likes that, right? And so how do you, you know, uh, challenge yourself, you know, or um, how would you adv- give advice to someone when they're getting this negative feedback to like look at a way to get past it? Okay.
1: I like that question. So um, I'll, I'll prephrase by saying that every job sucks all across the country. Every job, every business, no matter what you do, it sucks. There's a level of suck to it. Um, in real estate, I honestly, I don't even like seeing my properties anymore. I, I don't like knowing where my buildings are. I don't like seeing them. Um, if a property manager texts me about an issue, my first thought is, why are they texting me? Why are they texting my business partner? You know. <laughs> so it's... Um, I want to be very clear. I didn't actually love what I was doing. I just saw that there was people, there was people who were willing to pay for it. And I, I knew it, it hit my, my deep core goal of fixing things, seeing problems and fixing problems. So in real estate, when something's ugly and you fix it, you get paid. And so that was what drew me to real estate is that it was a big paycheck, right? It was the easiest way for me to, it was a big project. So people could see it. I drive by my city. Now I can see the buildings that were fixed. So it's, it's really cool. Um, but I would say that if you don't like what you're doing right now, it may just be the management. You may, it's not like the boss you work for. You may, it's not like the the company you work for. You may not like the, um, maybe just don't like the office that you're sitting in. Maybe if they moved you, you'd feel happier, right? It's, may not like the role, but that doesn't mean the industry is bad. It doesn't mean that your position is bad. It may just mean you need to go do something somewhere else. It may mean that some of the skills that you're really good at, you can utilize. Uh, one of the biggest things um, that Gary Vee talks about is passion. You have to have passion. You have to love what you're doing. But I, I would go with Tim Ferriss, right? You got Tim Ferriss' four-hour work week right above you. And you don't actually have to love it for it to make money. And I would say build a machine that makes money, regardless of whether you love it or not, but find something you love about it. You've, you've got to find something that you can attach to the, the machine that you love and you would do in order for you to continue it. And then you go and you, you do your other things. You know, I love yoga, but yoga's never paid me, right? Like, <laughs> I love <laughs> I love eating food, but it's never paid me. So <laughs> now, can I tie my? I like smoking cigars, right? But smoking so, so cigars haven't paid me. Being around guys who smoke cigars in in wealthier places has given me conversations that have led to deals. So, you know, you tie your life into it eventually, and you really find your passion, your purpose, but it may not be what draws money in. It could just be something that you do in your, you may be charitable, but you still, ha- that doesn't mean you, you, there's no excuse for not having a money machine, right? There's no, there's absolutely no excuse for not building something that you can on some level be proud of.
0: Right. Um, would you say that money machine can like anyone who's like, you know, uh, wants to build it. Like, do you think that there's a room for everyone to actually make that machine?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the world is The world is missing so many parts, so many machines there 's so much that isn 't available I, I see it when i 'm on social media like I would love to have all forty eight of my steps done by one person by a machine right i 'd love to the video comes out and it knows automatically to go through all the different uh, medias right like there 's so many steps that have not been fulfilled by somebody there's, and that 's just one aspect i mean the banking industry, the vehicle industry, the transportation. Um, food, right? Like, why can I not just order food and it is delivered at my house within a minute? You know, like, why do I got to wait three days for Amazon to get shit to me, right? Like, I know that we're close to figuring these things out, but somebody hasn't put that system together yet. Right. And there's so many smaller, more localized systems that are are in tune, right? There's so many things. Um, you know, like, for one example, why is not there a machine that actually gives a decent massage? You know, why, why, why all these chairs and things that they're selling for a thousand dollars? Why don't they give a real massage? There's there's gotta be a better massage out there, right? There's gotta be a better, uh, you know, a a training or so many things.
0: man. Okay. Well, I I do hope that, you know, one day you find that, uh, you know, that massage that you're looking for. Um, I want to ask also, um, uh, Okay. Let's talk about your challenge. Like uh, you're saying that you're helping, you know, uh, people become millionaires. um, And is that within a year or is that like a certain age group? Like, how are you handling that?
1: So I like that. Good question. Good frame. Um, It's not within a year. So it took me five years to become a millionaire. The way I see it is if you follow my path, you're guaranteed, right? If you follow my path to the T follow everything I did, and you have the tenacity and the desire, within five years you can be a millionaire. The other side I'll say is, look, it took me five years without the mentorship. It took me five years without the right program. It took me five years, but me doing it by myself is what slowed me down. And I think people can do it within two to five years. I really do. I think that if you can get rid of all the garbage in your head, just unlearn all the stuff that's not working and only learn the right things, you can become a millionaire in two to five years. I I see that as a, a true genuine path. And I retired in three years. So from 28 to 30, I worked hard. And by the time I turned 31, before I turned 31, I was was retired, you know, pulling in 40,000 a year. So it's entirely possible. It's just how bad do you want it? Are you willing to make the sacrifices in your time? You know, giving up your Friday nights, giving up Saturday nights, like reading those books, reading the 52 books in a year instead of taking 50 years to read them. And taking the courses, are you willing to go into debt? To, to take the courses, to find the right trainers, to um, ask for other coaches, ask for the right, to put yourself in the right business. And here's the secret to success. One business, you pick one and you run it until a million and you don't deviate. I've, I've not left real estate. I've stayed in it, I've stayed in one thing until I got there. If I started a marketing company, you wouldn't see me talking about anything other than my marketing company. One, one way to the million dollar mark. And that's, that's the mission of building 100 millionaires. I'm, I'm looking for business partners. I don't do it for the money, man. Like, <laughs> I don't do it for the money. I do it to b- make a billion dollars, right? Like, my, my goal is if I can build $2 million businesses with 100 partners and they're making a million and I'm making a million, now I've got a billion dollar company. That's what I'm looking to build, you know, a conglomerate. 100 intermingled companies, marketing companies, real estate companies, insurance, hair salons, every. Like I want everything intertwined. We're all sending each other business. You know, everybody's making money off of just high-fiving and being through the tra- same training course. Right. <laughs> like, like that's, that's the awesome, ultimate mission. Man.
0: That's awesome. You know, you're, you're, you're building that community. Um, next, I want to ask you um, like fitness. Is that important to you?
1: Fitness is key. It's, it's one of the three parts of life, health, wealth and relationships. And um, wealth, I went way far out on, right? Like I, I focused on wealth and I push wealth so hard, but I take my relationships very seriously. In fact, that's what built my wealth. And I take my health very seriously. Um, even today I, I had a seven minute workout with my girlfriend. We went over there and we, we did like push-ups and pull-ups and like we're quarantined, but we're still like doing squats and like these seven minute workouts, 30 seconds doing this, 30 seconds doing that. Um, and she read a book called uh, miracle morning. And that's, that's been a phenomenal book for just staying healthy, just mentally healthy. Read 20 minutes a day. Um, doing that. Now obviously I read more. I read two hours a day. It's just part of my culture and what I've created for myself. Um, but health itself. I love the gym, dude. I, I love working out. I love weights. Um, cardio is like my, my kryptonite, but I'm working on it. Right? So she makes me run. So I go out and we, we run, she runs, I walk, <laughs> you know, we run for a little bit, you know, get the heart rate up. But, it, it's just like a little challenge, you know, every day, if you can beat that little bit of a workout, you know, I, I ran a little further today. Cool. Like, yeah, she's running further than me, but it's my own challenge, you know, and lifting weights. I lifted one more rep, or my form was just a little better. You know, I felt the tension. It was good. And I did good for where I was at. It, it's just, it's a win early in the day or it's a win later at night. And I'm thinking, man, I killed it in that workout. And this business idea, like your mind clears out while your body's being worked so heavily and business ideas come right after workout. It's like, bam, like something slips into your mind and you go and take action on it in the moment, you know, and sleep right, eat right, like they're requirements. Part of being a millionaire is living a long life. (laughs) There's no point in getting rich and dying early. (laughs) That's no fun.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Um, So like you work out every week, you work out like every day?
1: Every day, every Every day, day. I love it. Even if it's short, like a seven minute workout today, I may do a heavier workout later on, but if nothing else, seven, 10 minutes is definitely getting in. Um, I love, you know, 30 minutes in the gym with weights. It's just that my gym is uh, quarantine closed. So I've got these 20 pound weights that I'm lifting, which is uh, at this point, not enough. (laughs) So you goof around with it, but 30 minutes a day for sure. I like an hour workout. If I'm with a business partner, I love business partners in the gym, right? Like business meetings in the gym means I'm getting my workout in. Mm-hmm. And I'm having, I'm building a relationship, or I'm listening to a podcast in the in the gym. Right, I'm, I'm listening to a podcast or a book, and uh no waste of time, man. No waste of time.
0: Okay, great. So, um, I'll, I, you know, like you shared a lot of information, and you know, you you showed us that you do a lot of different things. I want to like uh, break down your your day in terms yeah. of hours, like what you're doing through, like when you get up all the way until you sleep, just so that people can understand that if it, is this actually possible how you're operating for them. Um, yeah. Like, you know, how much hours are you spending towards business to fitness, to eating, you know, all these different things and actually try to help people and organize their day and their hours.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's, you know what? I, I have a very unique schedule. Um, I'm not going to say this is for everybody. In fact, everybody I know wakes up way earlier than me. Uh, everybody I know who, um, and these are not millionaires that I'm talking about. I'm talking about people I know, right? So uh, the millionaires I know seven eight o'clock right is their start time my start time is close to 8 30 9 o'clock my alarm doesn't go off till 8 40 right so if i wake up at 8 40 or before my alarm i'm (laughs) shocked Whoa, what's going on uh so i wake up around 8 9 o'clock my first my first first reaction is I, i slide my hand over to my radio and i turn it on and my radio has a hypnotherapy that i record for myself which is just my affirmations. It's you're confident, you're powerful, you're charismatic, you care about other people, you're building wealth, uh, you sell your value before you build or create it. It's, it's just a whole bunch of uh, positive affirmations that I recorded that I felt were important to include in my life, just to remind yourself. And that takes about 15, 20 minutes to go through. And as soon as it finishes, well, while it's going, I'll either sit there and meditate, keep my eyes closed and, and visualize this or sometimes I cheat and yeah, I pull out my phone and I, I start creating content for the day. Um, pre-recorded videos, things I previously recorded, I'll go and I'll start posting those all over the place, either using Hootsuite or I'll start with Instagram and I, I run the funnel. Uh, sometimes I still do it manually. If it's a video, I do it manually. If it's um, a post, I run Hootsuite and I let that uh, put it all out except for in the stories. I still gotta go manually grab it, drop it in Instagram, uh, Facebook and Snapchat. So that that'll be like 10 minutes of my morning and I'm consistent with it. And I'm not responding to people. I'm not looking at anything. I just go in and it's content push, not, not feed. Right. Um, then 9 30 stock market opens. So I go over to my stocks. I just look a little bit, it's all real estate investment trust. So companies I understand, um, the companies I aspire to be, um, I'd love to be like, you know, blue rock capital or, um, ARG, like there's uh, APTS, like there's companies that I, I just would love to aspire to be like and I look to see what reports they're doing, where the stocks are going. Um, I only invest in five REITs, I'm very much focused and I love the companies I invest. I won't share them because I don't wanna give anybody stock advice but <laughs> but it's something that's personal to me, right? And so I, I love those companies, I see what they're doing. I spend 20 minutes you know, stock, I, I do a little bit of day trading on two separate accounts. So I'll do day trading on one account, my Robinhood And then on another account is where my long-term assets sit on Robinhood. I am trading like 20 stocks and these are companies that are all real estate related, but I wouldn't want to own too much of them. And so I I just, they're volatile. So I day trade them and I do this for fun, but also it keeps me engaged in what's going on with my assets that I'm maintaining. So I go over and I look at those. And if I see one was moving big fluctuations, I'll go and I'll buy, right? Those are my long-term holds. If I see them drop lower than they should, I'll go and I'll buy on that side. But on the other side, I'm just, you know, trading. Um, and I do that for about 20 minutes, you know? Uh, so by, by 10 minutes to 10, I usually have appointments. So 10, 10 o'clock, my appointments are lined up. Like my Zoom calls are lined up. My business meetings are lined up. 10 o'clock, my day starts, 10 to 2. And in that 10 minutes, dude, it's a quick, like, quick workout or jump right into the shower, right? Shave, clean up, get this all nice clothes on like like my getting ready period is so short it's it's 10 minutes 15 minutes tops and i'm on my first call by 10. so like that's that's my morning routine it's not crazy intensive my workouts are at night my workouts are in the afternoon um, everything wait, wait, I um
0: eat... where's your breakfast
1: dude i don't eat breakfast man <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh, wow okay
1: uh, right. I, I do something called intermittent fasting i'll, I'll eat around two o'clock so okay. wow yeah. I don't break fast until two o'clock. Uh, woke up at nine and two o'clock is usually around the time where I'm like, all right, it's time. I like to be sharp in the morning. I, I don't like anything slowing me down. I don't want to be digesting. I do all my biggest work early in the morning, my meditations, um, my trading stocks. Like I don't need to slow down at all. And then, um, you know, my meetings, like meetings like this, like I want to be in it, right? Like I just actually ate before we jump on this call and that was, you know, just, My girlfriend wanted to eat and she was leaving for an appointment. So I was like, okay, we'll we'll eat now and uh, bounce up on this call.
0: Okay. And so your scheduling, is that from nine to two, is that something that's pre-booked by someone else or you, you manage your own schedule and do you do it for a week or is it for like a month?
1: So I manage my own schedule and it's scheduled uh, about two weeks out. About two weeks out is where um, I'll book appointments and then anything beyond that, I'll just tell somebody, Hey, text me, text me next week. Right. And I'll, I'll book it at that point. Um, I really do my best to keep my calendar as free as possible. Uh, next week, I do have 15 Zoom calls, right? Or 16 Zoom calls because I did a big push on getting a ton of content for the website. But the weeks after that, I'm planning on pushing back, slowing down. Um, part of being retired is I don't have to work. Everything I do creates an asset. So I've recorded a whole year worth of podcasts in two weeks. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> oh, Wow.
1: So in two weeks I've, I've interviewed everybody that I want to interview. I've gone through it all. And now for the next year, we're going to put out this, this content it's done. I don't have to worry about it. And my blog is written by somebody else. So that is written by somebody else. And then I go and I review it. I review, I change it. I put it to my words. And, um, and that's based off of the videos I recorded. So I don't actually do a lot of work. Uh, I would say throughout the week, Saturday, you know, I, I, Prepare Saturday on Friday night. I know what I'm going to talk about on, on Saturday. So I'll post what I'm going to talk about. I post my link. And then on Saturday, I go out and I, I deliver value. My coaching is eight o'clock on Monday nights. And I have one program that I started that I'll, I'll bounce out of soon. A wholesaling program that's uh, five o'clock on Monday, five o'clock on Friday. But soon one of my coaches will be handling that. So I'll pull out of that. That'll be an asset that's created. Um, so that's all I do. I, I go, I build an asset and I pull back out. And I, I run back to, I train people on Saturday for one hour. That's my funnel. That's where everything comes through. The rest is content creation. You'll see that like, you, you follow my feed. It's me talking to future business partners, me talking to students, it's coaching. Like, and the coaching is short periods. So I can be out of it in six weeks or eight weeks. I know like after that period, I'm on to the next, you know, it's an adventure. It's not the same thing every single day.
0: Right. You know, it's, I really love that. You know, you're, you're actually living the dream building asset and just pulling out out of it. And then it's working for you, you know, everyone would love to have that, you know, That's, but you're living the dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I get it's to work good. with cool people like you, right? Like I'm just working with my friends. I'm just working with cool people. Like um, one of my partners flew out uh, two or three weeks ago from California. She was out here with me for three or four days. And we just, like we didn't sleep for three or four days. Like it was just like two o'clock morning meetings. Like we were, we were running all night long till four o'clock. Sleep three hours, wake up, and we were grinding again. And, you know, the whiteboards were full of different ideas and we're mind mapping, um, building spreadsheets. And then when she left, I was like, you got this? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I got this. I can do this. Um, and uh, she's, she's been killing it. You know, but I don't have to do anything. That asset's built, right? Put it in her head, mapped it all out. She's got everything she needs, and now she's working.
0: Awesome, man. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to ask you, um, like, what are your top three softwares or tools that you're using for your business that's helping you today?
1: Top three, uh, Facebook, Facebook, ClickFunnels. Um, if I were to go beyond that, I mean, obviously the cell phone, right? Facebook, ClickFunnels, cell phone. I could run my business with that alone. Okay. We, we extend into quite a bit. We use meetup.com for the live events we use. Um, another one that's heavy Hootsuite is, um, pulls a lot of my content for me and then it's all the different places that we put content, right? WordPress, um, SoundCloud, MailChimp, uh, Evernote, Evernote. I, I rely on Evernote for absolutely everything. All thoughts end up in Evernote. They are there. Whenever I brainstorm with somebody, I, they get their own file, their own folder. Um, if I'm copying and pasting something on my phone, it's in Evernote. I'm pulling it from Evernote, dropping it in hashtags, um, common responses, um, information for like my website. It's like, hey, you know, if you wanna learn more about this, check this out. Just, that's all in Evernote. Um, what's another one? Uh, my business partner uses Zapier a lot. My bank account, I'm always hitting the bank, right? <laughs> I go in, I check. <laughs> yeah. How much you got there now,
0: cool. <laughs>
1: I got up a little bit. Uh, Mojo, Mojo if you're cold calling, phenomenal uh, program. Uh, If you're doing a lot of cold calls, mojos, uh, where it's at, and then bigger pockets, the calculator, uh, we do a lot of time in bigger pockets. When I was managing my properties, Bill Bm was huge, Um, but now my property managers use it, so we just check that once a
0: month. Okay, great. So how would you say, like, how important was, like, ClickFunnels? Was it just the software you were using, or did it actually teach you sales and marketing uh, when you started using it?
1: I would say you can do what we do in ClickFunnels with WordPress. You can do it in pretty much anything. Um, you could do it in Zoom meetings, right? Um, you could do it in Eventbrite. Like what we really do, If you could do it in so many different ways. We like ClickFunnels because of the culture behind it, because of all the training they're putting out constantly. Um, Russell Brunson really got me with all his books, right? He, he got me with uh, Expert Secrets, I see it in the back there. <laughs> Um, those like I like ClickFunnels, right? We, our whole website for our uh, university is on there, right? Alchemist University is built in a membership version of ClickFunnels, so it's it's very diverse and it gives you a lot of options. And then our database is held there, so all the, the contacts that we pull go to ClickFunnels. We then use Zapier to pump it across to Mojo, to Mailchimp, and to other programs, but and Twilio for text. But I would say that ClickFunnels is kind of the hub for drawing people through. And uh, the biggest thing that we learned was simplify, 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 simplify. We had way too much going on. Uh, ClickFunnels culture is one thing, sell one thing. And when we simplified it to we sell mentorship on the, on that site and that's it. And then we have our blog which pulls everybody in and and it brings you to our landing pages of selling mentorship or a free event on Saturday, the free funnel or here you're ready to buy. Here it is. That's simple. That really made the business a lot easier. You know just simple one one thing simplify do less have one funnel do one thing um it depends on what your business is i, I think that click funnels is a lot of great options uh but there's cheaper versions wordpress is free right there's right. cheaper ways to do it
0: right okay so um you know thank you for sharing that um you know I, I normally like to ask people you know what their favorite books are but you know you've mentioned them um i also like to ask people who are like their influencers you know, you've talked about like a bit, but would you like to say, who would you, who would you, who would be your top three influencers that you look up to in business?
1: If you want to uh, see behind the curtain on my business, go look at Grant Cardone, right? Even down to my logo, right? My logo, my website, you you look at everything I do. I'm following him hundred um, percent. My drive to help people comes from 10X, comes from seller be sold. Um, Ty Lopez, big influence as far as, you know, just whatever, just go out and do things, right? Just just let enough people know and you're going to be okay. Uh, he's actually, Ty Lopez at 10X was the reason that I now bring on partners. So he told me, he's like, I'll, I just come up with the idea and then I go and I tell somebody the idea and I tell them, hey, look, we're going to be 50-50 partners. I'm going to do nothing other than give you this idea and I'll, I'll coach you through it. I'll mentor you through it. I'll make sure you get there but this is all I'm going to do is like that piece. And I won't, I won't actually be involved in the business, your business. Right. I just want a 50 50 cut. And when, when I realized like that works, um, (laughs) exploded my business, you know, (laughs) because people are just missing that. People are just missing that guidance. Like if if they knew they had it, they'd jump off the cliff. Right. If they knew like it was going to be okay. And when I realized they're willing to pay 50% for that and you always add value. And I have, and my business partners feel the same way that, they couldn't do it without me because I'll, I'll market harder than anybody. Um, then the other one is uh, Gary Vee, right? Yeah. Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, Ty Lopez, um, and Gary Vee. I've met in person, um, and he was just probably the the coolest, most down to earth, uh, open look. I'm here to serve kind of guy. You know, busy, tired, loves the grind. Um, and he's had a huge effect on me. I've read his books, crush it, crushing it. Follow his blog. Um, met him live. And uh, he's consistent, man. Like, like between the three of those. But here's the thing: one guru, right? Like, you want to make sales money, Grant Cardone. You want marketing that doesn't lead to money, Gary V. Right? You want marketing that leads to money, Ty Lopez. And in the fusion of the three is where we found success, right? I'd say we run the Ty Lopez model, but we have the sales model of Grant Cardone, and we have the the Gary V. you know, blog or just content, 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 free event, free event, free event, you know, come on out free event, free event. But every free event, I'm selling something. Every free event, I'll, I'll be open and honest with everybody. I'll tell right up front, I'm gonna sell it to you at the end, right? Stick around. <laughs> the best part's at the end where I sell. <laughs> you, know, you wanna learn how to be a great salesperson? Watch how I do it.
0: <laughs> awesome, thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah. so my Last question to you now. So imagine you have a safe at home, right? And to get into that safe, you need to use your entire hand as fingerprints to get in. Okay? So it opens up the first door. You get, in, you get inside and then it asks you for a key. And only you have this key. So once you put in that key, you turn the knob, it opens up the second door. You step inside the second door, it has a briefcase. This briefcase has a combination lock. Only you have access to this combination lock. Once you open up that briefcase, in that briefcase there's a document. On that document, you're going to have listed, you know, uh, steps that, you know, uh, you could help your your family, people that are close to you, people that want to have success. Um, And maybe one day if you're not here, you're able to leave this document um, to help people, uh, you know, become successful. So on that document, what are the steps you would write and what would you write on it?
1: I love it. I love it, dude. That's so powerful. So if I had, if I only had one page and I could leave one thing behind, Um, It would be very clear and concise. It's start a business that can make a million dollars. Just do the math, make sure it can make a million dollars. Pick a, choose a business that can earn a million dollars. And then find somebody who's earning a million dollars in that business and then ask them what they want in life and do whatever it takes to become their best friend. And that that would be the key to success. And that's, it served me. And that's what I would suggest somebody do.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I really appreciate that. You know, you, you're giving so much value. You, you know, you're taking your time out and you know coming onto this episode, and you know you put yourself, you know, in, in front of the audience. Um, you know, so I just really want to say thank you, thank you for sharing your 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 information, your values, all those tips. Going to be very helpful for people listening to this episode.
1: I hope so, man. That's that's the goal. If you want to find me, go online. It's gualtermrello.com. Uh, Uh, It's going to be a sales funnel. I'm sure at some point I'll charge you something. So uh, Bilal, definitely. I appreciate you, man. I love all the questions. You pulled a lot out of me. I, in fact, I'd love to watch this video again. Uh, Where can I find this? Will this be posted?
0: So yeah, uh, this episode in terms of uh, audio, it will be posted on our uh, website. Um, So uh, to, to find the, you can find it by the name, it's called way more customers. Um, and you can use uh, the application uh, FM Anchor to find it, or you can listen to it on, on Apple uh, Podcasts. You just have to type in way more customers, you'll find it. If you want the video format and you want to see the interaction, you know, you, you find that maybe more entertaining or you're able to relate to people uh, when you look at them. So to do that, you, uh, the website is um, waymoregymclients.com slash the show, and you'll be able to see this in video format um so yeah that's it and if people want to actually reach out to you uh and you know um maybe they're interested in real estate or they just want to learn you know how to get more income how what would be the best way to do that
1: yeah uh reach out to me on facebook so i'm the easiest to get in touch with um facebook messenger walter amarello it's g-u-a-l-t-e-r a-M-A-R-E-L-O. Um, and I was just going into Facebook. I'm the only one. I'm the only one in the country. <laughs> you actually, my dad's on there. He's got an S-R at the end of his name. You'll notice he's older than I am. I'm bald. He's not. <laughs> but Gualtor uh, Murillo And um, I'm so available on Facebook. Just message me, comment. Like, I am so interactive uh, there at all times. Um, yeah, so you mentioned, uh, Blal, gyms. So my brother actually owns Amp Academy. It's a gym for young kids. Uh, so I might, I might want to have a conversation, maybe connect you with him, uh, to get more customers. So, uh,
0: good conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, actually one more last thing I want to ask is like, if people want to get your book, uh, yeah. what would be the reason they would buy that book and where can they get that book?
1: Oh, perfect. So this book is not for people who are already rich is for people who are looking to get rich. The point is not to work. It's to generate income. And that is the tagline I have down on the red line there. It says, the point is not to work, it's to generate income. Broke to a quarter million, you can get it on Amazon. This, the point behind this is to empower people to think bigger. It's not to brag, it's not to uh, tell you about my story or my life. I go through some really dark stuff in this story, in the book, and it's to tell you that you can do it even beyond that. Um, divorce, all, all of those elements don't stop you from making money. In fact, they increase your ability to because now you have a reason now you have to go earn more money now you have some problems uh, so broke a quarter million you can get it on Amazon and if you buy it on Amazon I donate every single dollar I make to giving more of these away so I give these away at my events when somebody signs up in order to spread the mission so whether I sell it here or I'm dedicated to never uh, never taking that money in fact behind me uh, where is it there? <clears throat> these are dollars that recently came for a recent event So all of those came from book sales. So I just keep that over there. And when I go to make my orders, I just take that money. I roll it back into buy more books. So every single book just buys more books.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. So once again, you know, thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate everything.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you, Bilal. But you have a choice. Always work with the best. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, guys. So that's the end of the episode. Way more customers. Your host Bilal and talk to you guys in the next one. Later, brother. Thank you. Hey, I have a really cool announcement to make. We're having a free summit where we're gonna be uh, inviting experts in their industry to come and talk. Um, and uh, the best thing about you guys is that you can register for free. It won't cost you anything. And if you'd like to know how to register, you can go onto the website. It's waymoregymclients.com/slash/the show. So it's waymoregymclients.com/slash. The show Um, and um, yeah you can just register for free Uh, you'll know exactly when the date is Uh, it'll be coming up very soon and so if you'd like a free ticket basically you just sign up and um, you'll be able to uh, be registered Um, and yeah uh, so I'll be also announcing the topics as well very soon as well everything will be on the website so I hope to see you guys there